Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Um Actually Comics. My name is Tristan, and I am joined today by Bob. And one of the things that we're not joined today with is Marvel Comics. Hey, Bob. Yeah, there are no Marvel. What's the deal with that? It's didn't a put stupid me out? thing. Oh, they just didn't no, no, no. It. It's a, it's a thing. It's this is a on my head fuck up. Unfortunately, oh, no. is what this is. So what wound up happening is that I was getting my comics, my Marvel stuff from Diamond, uh-huh. and unbeknownst to me, uh, two months before I started going to Penguin exclusively for my Marvel stuff, they did an FOC for way in the future because. This week and next week are uh, warehouse weeks where they didn't want anyone to put in orders. They were trying to keep the orders down. Uh So they wanted everything to be pre-prepped for these weeks when they had no staff. Oh. Did not know that. This was never told to me when I came back to Penguin. And so uh, when I went to do my FOC for these dates, it said, there is no FOC for this. And I was like, oh, okay, then I must have already ordered everything for this thing. Cool. Turns out it was in October that I was supposed to have ordered that thing, which I was not putting in orders in October. So I'm totally, totally a screwed. Oh, no. uh, well, not totally screwed. Uh, and by me, I mean customers here are totally a screwed, but they're not because they are getting them to me this week. And I believe next week's will be on time. Oh, okay. So fingers crossed. I'm hoping to have this week's by Friday and next week's as as usual or maybe delayed a day ah. so it's just a it's just one of those things that happens this fucking moving parts yeah so many moving oh parts my god it's i just assumed there were no marvel comics for this week i mean <laughs> should have known no it was it was a total fuck up there's actually some really good stuff like dark web 2 is out this week oh man like i really like good dark stuff web. so we'll have it I'm excited about it, but uh, yeah, there's good stuff. It'll be out. We'll put it out, and uh, people will get it. And there's a, there's other delayed. there's other strange fuck ups this week. Um, most of them are out of my control, though, unfortunately. Huh. Uh, so let's talk about comic books. Okay. Firstly, 007 number five. I don't know what that's about. Probably. Everyone loves it. It's about spies. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is it the spy who loved me? No, it's the spy who shagged me. Is it the spy who came in from the cold? No, it's the man with the golden arm gun. <laughs> the gun. Man the man with the golden with, arm is a different. The man with a golden gun arm is a Final <laughs> oh, man, Fantasy Seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cable. Oh man, and you okay. didn't get that one because of Marvel. That's true. Twentieth uh, Century Man or Man, sorry. Yes, is out. Uh, Action Comics ten fifty. Ah, pretty good. Did you read it? Apparently, people like it because it's actually sold out. Oh wow. What the fudge? Dude, it's I mean, good. You can get the expensive covers, but like we ordered the same number of regular covers we always do. I thought it was weird that the shiny cover was like priced higher. Like usually it's is it always like that with the shiny covers? Well, so here's the thing. I don't know Like the price written on the comic itself was higher. Like I was just like I thought I always thought the variants were just priced variant price, which is a dollar more than with DC, you know, but like they, yeah. they actually had that. That shiny, which is it's nice. The shiny cover is does nice. The sh- what does the shiny cover say on it? I believe it? it's at eight ninety nine. Yeah, I think that's the deal. Um, yeah. Which All is the- interesting because they have been doing this thing uh, lately at DC where they're doing foil covers, but they charge us like cover price for uh. them, and they expect us to choose your price. So it's Weird. like it's up to the retailer to decide what you want to sell it for. It's a limited thing with allocations, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, I think that they assumed they were like, oh, yeah, you guys are going to like triple your money on it or something. And it's like, nope. We basically made a 10% markup, 20% markup on those because that was the going rate. Yeah. So not really a great investment for us. No, no. But this one was like, it was just like, because I, I was like looking at the, you had a handful of them over there. Yeah. And uh, and I was looking at the regular price, and then the variant price, which is a dollar more. And then they had these foil ones, and I was like, "Oh, foil!" And then it was because the foil is the Alex Ross cover, which is a nice cover. Yeah. Anyway, the the actual comic, the actual comic action comic, action, yes, is good. Uh, it is actually in many ways like a, a surprising game changer for the Superman. Uh, in one way that I'm I'm a little like. Is that really what you wanted to do? But um, you know, I'll I'll follow through with it because the aesthetic of it overall, the story, uh, p- 
parameters and direction is I am very much in favor of. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's basically the whole issue is Superman versus Luthor, but it's uh, it's in a way that is. What oh, did, I think Why I forgot is... to turn the fan off. Hold on one second. Sorry, y'all. Uh, I screwed up with the fan. I'm just I'm just a mess this week. Yeah, it's a rough one. Um, well, so basically, the action comics is uh, like Lex Luthor does like a a, a real Dallas? shitty, uh, a real shitty thing. Okay, and there's a fight, as you would might expect. Yep. Um, but there are interesting consequences to this, and I won't. Mm. I don't. I, I really don't want to spoil it because it is very interesting. Oh, uh, cool. But right. yeah, it's honestly like I can see why people are into it. Yeah. Like it's it's cool. The art's really good too. Like That's they got great. Nick Dragata, they got Clayton Henry. Um, I don't know who else. I like both of those guys. Mike Perkins. I don't remember who that guy is. Uh, he is the guy who did the most recent run of Swamp Thing. Oh, the one I you like that guy a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be regularly on the book. Nice. I believe. That's super cool. And there's also a really nice Megan Huang uh, cardstock cover. With Mitzelplik, with yeah. <laughs> Mitzel, Mitz, Mitzelpidlik. 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 Yeah, like laying on a little Superman bed with all sorts of Superman stuff around him. And if I ever wanted to piss him off, I'd call him Supermite. Oh, man. I mean, he basically is Supermite. He is Supermite, but it would make him mad. It's true. Uh if only that was his name backwards. Yeah, totally. Uh, so we also have uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight, but in a typical for what's going on this week, apparently, situation, Sean is hanging out in his ancestral home, uh, and uh, he won't be here until Friday, so we won't have signed copies L- until Lewiston? then. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sean's ancestral home is not Lewiston. It is, uh, it is in the New Hampshires. He's out in the... In the White Mountains Battling Yetis. Oh, I just thought it would be funny to say Lewiston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, so uh, we will have those signed. If you ordered it online, we're just going to hold your order until Friday, get them signed, and then send them out. So Nice. That will be the deal. Uh, here's the, the thing. final issue of it? Uh, this is not the final no, issue. No. Next one is the final issue. It is right an eight-issue series. I've been saving them up, so I'm not sure where it's at. Clayman is such a funny name. Anyway... <laughs> I mean, but aren't we all, weren't we made out of clay? That's true. So, so, so true. We were. Um, Mortal clay. So, uh, Batman, Gotham Knights Gilded City number three. Explain this to me. It's some sort of video game. It is a video game. It is a story that ties into the video game. Uh, I've, I've actually, I really like the art. Uh, so I have been buying them and I opened mine. You know, They're fighting I, this guy. I bet you can sell your codes online, too. Oh, man, I'm going to sell my codes. Hey, if you're listening, hit me up on Instagram. I'll give <laughs> you my code. If you want some Batman armor for... And actually, that offer is is void because that would require me to peel the sticker, and I don't want to do that because oh, then if shit. I ever want to sell it, people will be like, you ruined the sticker. You ruined it. You ruined it. It's no longer mint. <laughs> Batman, the audio adventures, only they're not in audio format. They're not, although you could read them out loud if you wanted. That's a good way. Um, I actually, I love this. It's like this is the Batman, the animated series uh, comic that I wish. Yeah. Like, it's so good. It's so good. I love it. Um, We have restocks of the Batman Court of Owls mask and book set. Mm, Mask and book. It's pretty cool. It is. Um, We've got Blue Beetle Graduation Day number two. First appearance. Of a minor character that's going to be in the movie. <laughs> um, Allegedly I, played by Susan Sarandon. Yes, originally cast as someone else, Sharon Stone, and then now apparently is cast as Susan Sarandon. And but, then people um, met Sharon Stone and they went, oh, you're a nightmare. Yeah, probably something <laughs> like that. Although she does uh, have sort of a Sharon Stone-esque appearance in this. Although, I don't know, maybe it's a Susan Sarandon-esque appearance. I'm not sure. Either way, she has a logo, so she's clearly like... <laughs> okay. so, like it's not like, or she has a font, I guess. I don't know oh, if it's a damn. logo or a That's font. quite a font. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, for, for whatever reason, um, this is now, this book is now on my radar because it's, there's like some DC universe elements that are playing into it now um, with uh, the appearance of a couple characters yeah. that, that show up in this one. So anyway. So we also have the book of slaughter. Number one, 
obviously from House of Slaughter and from something is killing those children's. Oh, it's a tie into that. It sure is, and it's like it's half, uh, half story, half uh, like uh, who's who uh, character bios yeah. and things. And there's some sketchy stuff in there. Not sketchy, but like sketches and sketches, like character sketches and whatnot. Some sneakers, some sketchers. There's some sketchers in there. There's some heelys. It's like pretty code dope. for free sketchers. Nice. There actually aren't. Don't buy them for that reason. Don't if you just buy it because you like the comic. Captain Marvel's Meet the Marvels little golden book is out. Oh yeah, there's some great little golden books this week. They're going to mention every one of them. I read three of them and I thought that they were pretty funny. (laughs) Nice. Uh, There's a we've got a reprint of Creep Show number two. So if you didn't get that, we've got the reprint of that with a new cover. Nice. Pretty cool. It's a good cover. It is a really good cover. It's really nice coloring. Kind of wish the first one had that cover. Yeah, it's it's that is some buy a second one. Beautiful. So you can have this one. (laughs) Some beautiful coloring. Uh, We got Creep Show number four, though, out this week, which is a delight. It is. It's a vampire story and then a Mexican wrestling story. (laughs) Which has one of the best. Yeah, I do like that Danny cover. The the character reveal. (laughs) Like when when the thing goes down, when the character gets unmasked, it's pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah. Obviously recommended. And Kyle Starks wrote the vampire one, which is basically like if Stand By Me found vampires. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we've got Dungeons and Dragons Dungeon Club Volume One. It is a kids' graphic novel in the Dungeons and Dragons universe about playing Dungeons and Dragons. Cool. It's pretty great. Nice. Uh, yes, I didn't see that one. That's a pretty big recommendation right there. I I thought that one was great. Very cool. Damn them all! Number three of six. Nice. Uh, Sergeant Rock presents. No, a DC Horror DC presents, presents Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Undead. Well, it's actually just the dead. I'm really fucking up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, this is Bruce yeah, Campbell great. writing writing Sergeant, Sergeant Rock, Rock versus zombies. zombie Nazis. It's just fucking amazing. That's great. Of course. Uh, DC Mech, number six. Of Surprisingly six. also great. Yeah, like it. Uh, DC versus Vampires, number 12. Yes, <laughs> I love DC versus vampires. I just was really like, I, th- I think it's fascinating that you were disappointed by this. I was, well, I wasn't disappointed. I really I, liked it. Okay. I wasn't disappointed with the ending. It had no ending. I thought it had a very concise ending. I, the universe will, will, didn't come to an end and the, no, I mean, but I didn't expect it to. And I, I just, it didn't, it just didn't end. And I thought it was going to end. And sure. that was hard for me to walk back once I realized that was like they're just setting up DC versus Vampires 2, yeah. which, you know, as long as it's the same creative team, I'm down. It but then totally the idea. But that's the thing. It's like I loved it because it was these guys. Exactly. Doing it specifically. I loved Otto Schmidt doing it, who I think is a fantastic that the coloring was a little muddy, especially in this issue, because it's like when they're doing that dark yep. earth and everything yeah, is like yeah. red oh, yeah. and it's just kind of like it gets sort of hard to follow visually um but i love the art and i really was super into the story and i just i know that the next part will have different people and i don't maybe i won't like it as much and i just wanted it to have a conclusive and like there is like i see why you're saying that it had a a conclusive ending but like there was a certain thing that did conclusively end yes but it didn't the story didn't sure sure i'll give you that um Let's see. Uh, Defenders Epic Collection Day of the Defenders. This is kind of badass. Did you look at this? No. It's I, like every early Defenders, like in a in an epic collection. That is some fun stuff. And that's including the f- original oh, yeah, the, team ups between the like Doctor it's, Strange, yeah. 183, Submariner 22, 33, 34, Incredible Hulk 126, Marvel Feature 1 through 3, Defenders 1 through 11, Avengers 116 through 118. And Avengers 115. So basically what that is, is there's three issues of Doctor Strange, Hulk, and Silver Surfer. Or no, Submariner. Submariner. That's the the three-part storyline between those three titles that formed the, the first Defenders story. Mm-hmm. Then there's 
another story then there's defenders number one and then you get the avenger avengers defenders war issues yep. later on so it's a it's a chonk it's a good it one is. that is a, that is a great pile of comics yeah um detective comics uh 1067 I, I, I at this point i'm i'm like three issues behind and i gotta uh catch up but um the art certainly is wonderful in this comic nice uh, Fist of the North Star hardcover number seven is out. Flawed number four is out. Uh, Frankenstein at New World number four of four, concluding that series. Concluding it, yeah. It's with some possible like, huh? This has just been a weird one. The Frankenstein New World yeah. was was a very like left field. Yeah. I think that at some point there might be people who followed Hellboy that are like, God, I really wish I had. Oh, I guarantee it. Also, the the first couple pages of this with the talking frogs is like really great. Like the coloring is like beautiful. I want to know it. more about the about the Abe Sapiens. Now. Yeah, well, that's the new race of yeah. man, which is basically when Hellboy ended, or yeah. when BPRD ended, which ended Hellboy. Um, the the new race of so there's humans, but they all live underground, and there's frog people, and they all live on the surface of the planet. And then Liz Sherman is encased in amber and she's up there and they like kind of worship her like like sort of or like and then Frankenstein is there and he's walking around and that's what this is. It's like Frankenstein is basically like your POV eyes on like what's happening on the surface. It's a little I don't know. It's just uh, it was unexpected, I would say. But as a as a follower of Hellboy, um, I think the only thing that could have been cooler is if it was Roger and not Frankenstein. But. Okay. That is interesting that it wasn't Roger. Well, Roger's dead. Like they've I mean, they've been very I adamant mean, okay. about the fact that Roger is dead and not coming back. I think Mignola doesn't like writing him or something. Hmm, like I think there's some some behind the scenes reason it's something why something about that little hook on his crotch. It might be I do, although I don't know that that's it because I would think that like like I don't know what it is, but for some reason they just don't like the character. They killed him off, and they're like, "He's definitely not coming back." Interesting. And I think that since he died, they've done one story that had him mm. in it, and it was like a flashback story. Interesting. Um, more more little golden books, including the Funko Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> and Ghost Spider. Yes. Of all things, the Ghost Spider one was a little uh, light. <laughs> it was sure. it was like uh, I mean I know it's a golden book, but it was just basically like. Uh, five-year-old's introduction to the multiverse somehow <laughs> i thought it was a little strange interesting uh speaking of five-year-old's introductions to the multiverse then uh, no how about just the multiverse in general uh harley quinn number 25 this issue oh, wow. i super enjoyed yeah i thought it was really fun and of course uh, it's a big spoiler here but it is the first uh, appearance of uh harley might or <laughs> M- mighty mighty quinn might Quinn, mighty, Quinn, mighty Quinn. I don't know. I don't know. I think it, Mighty Quinn works. The mighty Quinn. <laughs> That's not bad. That's pretty um, good. Yeah. So I, I actually, this is probably one of the first Harley books that I've read in quite a while. That was like in the main Harley world. That felt like a book that I would have bought. Um, it's fun. She's got her own uh, Batman who laughs type character. Yeah, it's like a Harley who laughs and just. It. I mean, I like it more than the bat who laughs because it just because keeps literally its, that's the worst character that's well, ever been created. Because it comics. just keeps getting its ass kicked, uh, which is fun. So uh, there's that, and also I love this issue because it's got old, old lady Harley in it, yeah. who I really enjoy. So yeah, fun, super fun, and there's also that fucking Spawn cardstock cover, which is pretty funny too. I missed it. Um, we have. House of Mystery, the Bronze Age Omnibus Hardcover Volume 3, uh, which will sit on our shelves for the next eternity if I don't just take it home. So, <laughs> Sounds like so someone's trying to convince you're himself. You're not going to buy this. It's $150. Damn. DC, what the fuck, man? That is too expensive. That is too much. You guys were, like, getting like mad props for being the you know hundred dollar omnibus place and now you're like releasing these normal sized omnibuses for 150 bucks that is stupid boo uh but either way i'm gonna buy it (laughs) so 
because uh, I didn't pay $150 for it. House of Slaughter Trade Paperback Volume 2. Uh, Image 30th Anniversary Anthology Number 9. Some really good stuff in this. Yeah. You got... Uh, oh, shit. I've actually forgotten already. Uh, what was the Brubaker thing that was in it? Oh, shit. You got me. Oh, my God. My brain just <laughs> shut down. I'm sorry. Whatever. Uh, either way, it's great. Read it. Nice. Uh, Immortal, yeah, Immortal Red Sonia is out. It's only Teenage Wasteland number two is out. I still think this is pretty good. Yeah. I like that first issue, and this is like now they're like fully in the apocalypse uh, world. The only thing going against it really is just the genre's a little played out. Yeah. Uh, here is what I will say. Uh, there is one golden book that everyone in the world needs to buy this week, and of course... <laughs> I know which one it is. Of course, that would be Jaws, Big Shark, Little Boat, A Book of Opposites. <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing because there was literally someone who, as a joke, made a Jaws little golden book. If you look online, it exists out there in the world. And here it is in the real world. Literally a Jaws for, you know, like early readers. It's really interesting because it's like as an adult reading it, you're like, okay, and this is the part where the shark eats someone. But it's like they just skip that. And then it's like, here's the outside the boat. Here's inside the boat or whatever. And it's this cute Funko version of Jaws. Um, And there's going to be some four-year-old out there that's going to get really into it and then see it on TV and be like, oh, wow, this is going to be great. Yeah, I can't help but think it's not the greatest idea that they've ever had. But that said... But I also um, can't help but enjoy it. I mean, the thing is, though, Baby Shark is, like, huge. So who's the best Baby Shark? Jaws. Jaws is the best Baby... Or at least Jaws, if Jaws had a kid, would have the best Baby Shark. That's true. Or maybe when Jaws was a baby. Yes. I don't know. Have they done Jaws origin? Jaws gets born. <laughs> <laughs> Jaws, Jaws one and a half. Jaws origin, and it's just a little tiny adorable shark. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, here's one that I should have read, um, but I didn't. So, John Stewart, Emerald Knight, number one. I read it. Yes. Um, it's interesting. It functions sort of as a C- as a as a follow up to Cosmic Odyssey. In a weird oh, way, cool. but also served to be so confusing. <laughs> I, so, like, how they got to where they got with it was very, very confusing to me, and I don't understand it. But at the same token, it did acknowledge the events of Cosmic Odyssey, cool, which really was like the big uh, one of the big character development moments of John Stewart Green Lantern's yes. comic book yeah. career. You yeah, know, it, even because if Jim Starlin had no idea what the character was like. When and he here's him. the thing: it's the only good one. I don't think it's the only good one. No, but I, it's, I don't mean that. I don't mean to say the only good one, as in well done. I mean every major event in John Stewart's life is some. Here's the problem: you have a black character that's like the standout black character for the Green Lantern Corps, and he keeps blowing up planets, and I'm just like. Can we just get past Mosaic and whatever that thing was when he was in the purple suit and he blew up the planet with the sniper rifle? Um, oh, yeah. I forgot about that shit. Jesus. Yeah. See? <laughs> Two planets. Yeah. I don't know. There's Fucking John Stewart has, has been done fairly dirty by DC. Like, if you read the original ones, it's like it doesn't like I hate I, mean, I hate it when they like when he's be all about being a Marine. Yes. And it's just like. He's also he's a fucking architect. architect which no, is he, the he's not also an architect. He is an architect. Right. And then they made. Then Jeff Johns decided right. he was a Marine and started writing him like all hoorah. Sure. And it's like, you don't need a more militaristic guy. You have Guy Gardner if you want to do militaristic bullshit. Like, yeah, you can yeah. do that with Guy Gardner. You don't need to make this character. Uh, I don't know. This is like a road I probably no, no. should not go down. But, like, I just think that they did him. Like, no, they it did. started with Jim Starlin having him be like an asshole which he never he never was and then jim star was like yeah he's this cocky guy who thinks he can't do it it's like that's hal jordan and then somebody was like you can't use hal jordan so they just did it with him instead and it's like no like hal jordan would have made that mistake john stewart would not have made that mistake agree so now this comic i'm i'm fully on board i think 
I think it just makes it worse that he's a person of color that yeah. got done dirty in the way that DC has a history of, of doing dirty to people of color and like other, especially uh, when you have the animated version of him that's like that the best Green Lantern the that has ever best been done, like Green it's, Lantern ever. Period. Absolutely, like it's just like that version, the the Dwayne McDuffie uh, scripted essentially or show controlled yeah, version totally. of him is the best version, and that's how he should be. And they just so this this comic that we're talking about is kind of more like that, um, but it's just a, by way of like the new gods and like this weird power, and then there's like a bunch of side characters that I don't recognize, so that's really confusing because they get a lot of screen time, and then but at the end there's like sort of like a kind of closure to the cosmic odyssey thing, which in at the very least there's that like, it's cool. good. Like a, a black writer is being like, okay, let's, right. let's do some shit about this. And, and that'll become yeah, exactly. part of I, the deal. I think, I think it does need to be said that it is, it, this definitely unfortunately is very tied up in DC having made a bunch of mistakes. And I, I have, I, I've said it recently but I think that going forward, I think that we're going to see DC coming together in a way that we've never seen DC be awesome before. And I'm I hope like, so. I have, I'm like, I, I'm so excited for the future of DC because I keep seeing these little sparks of things when they announce certain things, when they announce decisions they've made, uh, series that are coming out, and like treatment of certain characters, and the idea of focusing on fixing Superman as he's been and seeing what they've actually done so far. I have, I feel like they know what they're about now. And I think that they're about to go kick ass and I'm really, really excited. Yeah, I am too. Like my fingers are strongly crossed, but I'm like, I'm really excited for DC. Yeah. And that's how I felt with action comics. There was like one thing within it where I was like, they really don't, get certain things that I would think that they should get. But like that said, they're getting it more than they really ever have. Cause like Jeff Johns, like theoretically get got it, you know, in Mm -hmm. terms of like being a person who read DC comics and he knew the history and he knew like the, but like he didn't really, when you look at the, the grand scope of it, because he was all about adding things to it. And I don't think that that's yes. necessarily no, I, I you want to add yeah. color to it, but you don't want to add like, oh, I know how to make Green Lantern better. That's no. by creating 17 new different colored lanterns or whatever. Like, it's not like that didn't really help anything. It just no. made it more complicated. And I think that the current. I, I hate saying regime or whatever, but like mm-hmm. the whoever's running the show now is like, yeah, like we're about being f- fun and light and yeah. all ages but like not in the dumbest way possible yeah. and like you know just kind of brightness and fingers i think fingers crossed exactly fingers crossed is, is, and that's is there it. uh hope hope is what i'm uh, what i'm seeing in dc for the first time in a very long time where it's not just about making it the bleakest most like in your face dark whatever I, like that's what i'm seeing and that's what i've been hoping for for a long time so that said, fingers crossed. Uh, and also, speaking of strong black voices doing cool shit, we're going to talk about Philadelphia number 26. Nice. This is just one of the greatest fucking horror books going. It doesn't even need to be, you know, it's, it's, it exists on its own merit, but it is a, as I said, it is a strong black voice in the comic sphere. Uh, pretty awesome. Pretty great series. Uh, that I need to catch the fuck up on, and I keep meaning to grab those trades, and I keep forgetting. Uh, King Spawn number eighteen is out. Love is sick number three is a comic book that I wish I could figure out what the fuck they're making here, but people seem to like it, so I I, I don't know why. Are you talking about Love Sick? Yeah, yeah, I don't I, get it. I don't get it. I feel like somebody read red room and was like i'm gonna make a response to that and it's like you can't make a response to that it's just nonsense what are you doing um but it is uh, (laughs) it's one of those books that's like is this a strong message or is it just nonsense yeah i don't know i I flipped through it this time i didn't look at the second issue i think it's pretty much just nonsense yeah i don't know i just i just it's like one of those things it's like i 
flip through it, and then I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know, yeah. whatever. Uh, Manifest Destiny number 48 is out. Wow. Yeah, still going. It's a great series. I It's one of my favorites. The issues don't sell very well, but I finally decided, you know what, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to carry them anyway. <laughs> just because just cause I love the book, and I'm like, whatever. I'll throw a couple bucks to support them by having them in the store and ready for people to read if they want them. Nice. Uh, even though people only buy the trades. Uh, Miles huh. Morales, Spider-Man, Volume 8, Empire of the Spider, trade paperback. This is a great era. Nice. I, I enjoyed I all I of these issues. It. Uh, it's just the most recent. Oh, cool. The Sal- Saladin yeah. Ahmed. I think this is the last Saladin Ahmed one, if all I'm right. correct. Nice. Yeah, it has all of the ultimatum stuff and all the weird fucking spider people that, like, all of his clones, the big dumb one that only says one word. What the fuck does he say? Goop. Uh, oh, Squorp. Squorp. Gronk or Gronk. something like. <laughs> yeah, it's, he was cloned into Ron Gronkowski, which yes. is very sad. But he has a really important message about not eating Tide Pods that the kids should listen to. Um, here's one that is, I'm not going to lie, a big surprise to me. Uh, I got a bunch of them just because I know that Turtles fans are out of their minds, so I decided to make sure that I had them for people. But man, this is a great comic book. I think I know which one you're talking about. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, number one. Yeah, this one blew my socks off like, completely. I was what? like, you got Dan Mora to do a, like a mini series of this. Like, of, just like, and like these connecting oh, covers. Oh, the connected covers are amazing. Are amazing. Like, <laughs> I haven't been more tempted to buy four copies of a comic in a really long time. And then if I liked. Then in, there's this, which is just oh, the fold out. Oh, there's a fold out version of it. Cool. Yep. Oh wow! Super Ooh, cool. Can I see that one? Yeah, sure. Neat. Yeah, it's awesome. These, uh, it's so good. There's a, the covers are great too. I mean, there's a tribute to the first issue of Turtles, and like, you've got Eastman doing a couple of these covers. It's really good stuff. You got a fucking Jenny Frizone cover for some reason. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I think that's because it's Boom Studios. If I even kind of cared about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, I would totally get this. I love Dan Mora. It's like yeah, it, crazy to me that he's doing this. It's fascinating. He's and so it's, fast. It's good. I love the fact that like he can do two books in a month. Like nobody can do two books no. in a month, and he can, and they're great. Like Frank he's like Avia better can. than everybody else, and faster than everybody else it's like how like this it's it's just too good to be true i was told i i have it on good authority that mateo can do a book a week if he tries damn he should mateo scalaire yeah yeah i like him a lot that he is he is capable of doing that that he will turn out when he was doing uh when he was doing black science i believe he was turning out three to five pages a day which is I mean that's awesome. I Bat mean that's like Kirby shit. level. Like, and that's when you like, look at his art, it's not like it's no, not like great. he was like, oh, and here's some gesture drawings and throwing it out. Like this is beautiful stuff. No, like the, he and I uh, and more. Like I like I personally like I do like Mora's style a little bit better. Mm. No offense. Like I do like Matteo a lot. Like I think it's a great artist. But like when you have yeah, yeah. artists that like can only do like one book every six months or whatever. And it's right. like, okay, like it looks great, but like, I'd much rather have books that look great and come out yeah. like more often. Like I want more comics that look good. Like, yeah, yeah. and, uh, when I, I found out, uh, I found out from Facebook. Yeah, Opinia. Yeah. Opinia. Yeah. Like <laughs> f- amazing artists, but like, come on, like I don't need like He's so I, slow. Yeah, I mean, I mean whatever. So it's, detailed. It's cool, like that. You, like, I don't want to like shit on people's process or whatever, but it's like it's great when there is somebody who can do that. Because like when I saw that uh, Mora was doing that Shazam book, yeah, and I was like, oh no, that means he's not going to do World's Finest anymore. And then Wade on his Facebook page was like, nope, he just is like fast as fuck, and he's going to keep <laughs> doing both. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, dude. That's so great. That's great. Um, I mean, it. yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy to me that Sean can do Sean's a page quick. a day. Yeah. Like, with the level of insane architecture that he puts into all of his shit with all of the, like, crazy detail. Yeah. I have no idea how he does it. He has a work ethic. He he has... <laughs> he has the best ability to separate work life and home life of any human being I've ever met. Impressive. Ever, ever. ever. That's cool. He... 
basically, even when he was like suffering and starving, he was like, I work from eight in the morning until five o'clock. And then I put the pen down. Done. That is my day. Period. I mean, that's how you work. That's how I work. Like, I just do shitty things for other people. And it's like, I would never be able to I'm be a like that. I don't know if you figured that out. Oh, yes. <laughs> Nine to five hit, man. Nine to five. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's like Dirty Deeds, Dunder Cheap. Dunder Cheap. That's an interesting I do sh- shitty things for rich people. It's <laughs> my, my business I model. don't know, man. I just, I couldn't do it. I would just be like, I would be crazy. I would be like thinking about it. The rest of the night. Well, but I do you go, like? I gotta finish this. Are you doing like store business at home? Yes. Oh, okay. Dude, I fucking am. Yeah. Like, and for a long time, especially during the pandemic, I was working twelve yeah. plus hour days. Where as soon as I'd go home, I'd just start listing shit on the website. Yeah. Like I was. I mean, I realized that I was making myself crazy. And Sean is one of the people that was like fucking stop it dude you don't need to kill yourself <laughs> yeah totally i'm like yeah i know but if i kill myself then i won't have to worry about any of this stuff i think that there's a thing with people who like because I, I i know some some very dear people t- to me in my life who i won't identify uh that are like that and i think that there's like as long as you're doing that stuff you're not thinking about other stuff and and so i get that for <laughs> yeah. me it's like i I do the work thing, but then like, I just immediately like to my, to the detriment of other things in my life, I just like sink into like comic books or doodling or Mm. playing drums or whatever it is that like I've decided that is my thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I get it to turn off. But I can understand. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, if I had, if I had a separate space, unfortunately I live in a cube. Yeah. totally. (laughs) Like my apartment is, is just one room with my wife. So I'm like, I always feel weird writing music while she's there. Yeah. I don't mind, like... Gotta have that space. Like, I can't... I, don't, I feel weird, uh, like, practicing electric guitar. I feel weird, like, doing, like, shred stuff. Oh, wow. Where I'm just sitting there being a wanker, huh. which is a thing that I would normally do while I'm, like, watching TV or whatever, just mm-hmm. running scales and whatever. Uh, That's so, so instead, if she's reading a book or whatever, I play classical guitar. And so it sounds fancy and whatever, and it huh. doesn't bother her. Yeah. <laughs> It just feels weird. I feel I feel weird. Uh, you should play classical shred guitar. I kind of with do. headphones. <laughs> I kind of do play classical shred guitar. There you go. I tend nice. to I tend to incorporate very fast runs in it just to kind of. Yeah. I mean, classical and metal are together. like really similar. Sure. They say that the it does the same thing to the brain to people who listen to it. Interesting. You never heard that. No. Yeah, it, the 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 parts of your brain that are activated by classical music are also activated by metal. Interesting. And that's why like in my mind metal is yeah. the classical music of oh, today. Yeah. It certainly is. I think yeah. so. I but mean, that's like that's that's science fact. <laughs> interesting. I mean, certainly Wagner and Manowar have a lot in common. <laughs> right? if you're going to uh, when it comes down to it. Anyway, yeah. we got a nice hardcover of Nightwing, the oh, new yeah. series Get Grayson. That would be the second hardcover in that series. Does this one have the does it have the fold out like the comic did? I wonder if it does. <gasps> I don't know. Yeah, I wanna oh, know. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. It's sealed in plastic. Yeah, so yeah. I'll never and that's know. I was like, ooh, I want to check, and then I was like, I can't check, it's sealed Damn. in plastic. Maybe open one. Maybe I will. <laughs> We have the 1989 official handbook of the Marvel Universe in Omnibus. It's the... Uh, it's oh, the is it the the uh, update? 89 update. Oh, yeah. That had the, like, Silver Centurion Iron Man yeah. armor. I had that. I love Who's Who's. I have all those. Yeah. Or I, Who's this, Who's in Marvel Universe. I mean, this one handbook. this one really spoke to me. Yeah. like It's got Speedball in it. This is one of those ones where I was like, okay, another one that I'm kind of like, okay, if... If it doesn't go anywhere, I'm going to take it. Totally. I believe Ron Friends drew the uh, covers of these, too. So it's yes. very, like, very, ni- very like, 90s, but, like, not in the, like, image 90s A way. Different, but like, yeah. Not, or, sorry, I should say very late 80s. Right. True. Yeah. It's very 89. Uh, Once in Future, number five trade paperback. This would be the final uh, and I can sing the praises of Dan Mora forever. It's Once in Future, if you haven't read it, is so good. It's so good. It's so good. His creature designs in it are so awesome. And if you are at all interested in like folklore and like English folklore specifically, if you like Cy yeah. Spurrier, uh, Once in Future is great. I mean, yeah. Christ, if you 
like those things you probably already read some once in the future but. i'm kind of i'm kind of waiting for a fancy edition of this to buy it yeah <laughs> I, I think see i that. i think, it, I I think it would i think if, if it comes out in a fancy edition i might buy it i think i want to own this in a nice yeah, like I, have, it's, I think it is worthy of owning in a beautiful like i i would definitely yeah. throw down for this one yeah i have all the issues in fact i actually have multiple copies of several of them <laughs> It's so good. God damn it. Kept, kept Once forgetting in future I was buying so it. Good. Like, like I didn't know if I had it or not. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of things that are so good, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number two. I dig this comic. I love this comic. This is this is my style of end of the world comic. Me too. I was, I don't know if I was so convinced last time. I, you weren't. <laughs> I, would have to, I would have to listen to it because I was like, uh, I remember being a little on the fence about yeah. this one because it was like, okay, I guess I see where it's going. And now that I see where the friend, where the happy-go-lucky friend is relating to the survival friend. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, how, where, the, how their relationship is kind of how developing. It, how it develops into this thing where she is the, she's basically the reason that, like, this this random dum-dum becomes the reason that she's living and she's starting to embrace existing as opposed to just surviving. And it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful moment when she realizes that there's more than just surviving in the wasteland. Yeah. And it was like, Oh shit, this is clever as hell. And the villains are awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited about these villains. This is like up my alley. I love this book. Totally. Yeah, this was one that, like, the second issue, now I'm, like, fucking ride or die for this book. Yeah, yeah, this is great. The only thing I would I would say about this book, negative, is that they need stronger covers. Uh, the covers so are true. just kind of, like, muddy and hard to tell what the book is about, and I don't think it's doing the book any favor. Of course, it's written by Jason Aaron, so it probably doesn't need all that much help. But, but that's the thing, is that, like, there's something about it. Like, it looks like... It looks like a high-end weed company's logo. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not. The covers are not strong. Uh, um, yeah. And I don't know what it is about them that isn't that I don't like. But like the book itself, the logo is weak as fuck. It's yeah. so. I mean, and weak in a way that's not just like weak as in bad. It's like weak as in it literally is a light color on a white background. Yeah. And it is all like kind of hard to read. As soon as like any color crosses it, it looks kind of bad. Oh yeah, yeah, and I even got the one that has the easier to see. Yeah, that's the better logo. The two, I certainly. think it's the better of the two covers. But that said, I just I don't know. Yeah, no, it's not. It it's just not needs stronger thing. covers. Other than that, yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely suffering sales wise. Yeah, because it's of like the a nine. It's a ninety nine on the one hundred scale for me. Yeah, but right, it's, exactly. Uh, but it's uh, that one percent is what just like just beef that. that up. Just like make those covers sing. Because it's the book itself is like so good. It's the best thing Jason Aaron has written in a long time. I think you want you want a couple coming up here that don't have that problem. We're going to talk about Pink Lemonade number four. Oh man! Now there's a logo that you do not miss. No, and also this is the first original uh, issue oh, is of it? the series. Post the first issues were uh, is that a the, shaky cane cover. Uh, there might be a shaky cane cover. Well, I think I, just I, the one cover. Oh no! It's I don't think it's shaky cane. Okay. I think it's uh, Nick Cagnetti. Um, but this is the first one that is not previously published. There was the yeah, Kickstarter, yeah. which I backed, and have those. But they remastered them, and there's like new shit in them as well in the yep. in the in the Oni Press versions. But this is the first, like all new, and it's like honestly, like it's the first chance to really see how Cagnetti has like really grown as an artist since those issues came out because i think the art is like next level on this one it's really good yeah i love it i love pink lemonade uh and here's another one that i love plush number two i am off this book i, I am, liked the first issue I am back on this it's book. too gross for me i just can't do it <laughs> i just like i get it it's cool it's like and i know yeah, there's yeah. like lots of people are no, excited about the book um, in my Facebook group, there's people like being like, yeah, this is great. First, best first issue I've read in so long. And I think it's cool. And it's like interesting. And I'll probably, I, I might regret it in a couple issues. I think this issue was the one that I was like, okay, now I'm yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> this is the one where it's like, I bought the first issue and I was like, this is good. And then this one, I was just yeah. like, uh, nah, it's just not, I mean, you know, my sensibilities. Yeah, it's yeah. just a little. It's funny because this is, and me. this is to me, the difference 
I was having this conversation with with Marshall today at work where it's essentially like the difference between you can have a very gory comic that's like disgusting and vile and vulgar. Yeah. But it's not hateful. Right. And this still does not feel like a hateful comic. It doesn't no. feel it doesn't feel malicious. It is just disgusting. Also, that one character is like so fucked up with like the that weird Sharon Stone moment <laughs> yes. to bring it back around to Sharon Stone again for whatever reason this week. But mm. like that moment is like so fucked up and it's like that if it's if it was more of that stuff and less of yeah. the like other stuff that I don't want to well I mean just less of the like yeah, yeah. total like gore violent gore like it, it, and it's not like it's gore in a like Tim Vigil gore it's no. like gore in a like Ryan Otley gore it's it's reminds me of auteur is yeah. what it reminds yeah. me of the most yeah. um but I, I'm going to say the other another point that I will make about this which was something that uh someone I heard of there was another comment made today about plush that I would like to dispel this this thing uh someone was like uh it's just another like kind of insult to a marginalized group that already is the butt of a bunch of jokes and no it's not oh you mean furries furries it is yeah. not it is no, 100% I don't think so. this is not at the expense of furries at all no i would These i are think actually furries. i think th- that said i d- i think furries would probably like think it was cool exactly i think so too i don't know if that's right i'm not i don't right. really I, have a window I, into that world but people who like dress up as who think exactly. like mascots and this things is, like that are cool because that's what they're they're right. mascots they're not like right this i mean is, some of them are sort of for like one of them sure. is definitely a cat is, yeah 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 there's there's 100 percent a furry character in this yeah. but it is not a furry comic really and it the butt of the joke is not furry culture no, so definitely not if, if you were worried about that if that was a concern to you you know it is absolutely not that it is more just like and yeah 100 percent, i agree with that statement i think that it is a a real cheap joke to make furries the butt of jokes I think I think that you're absolutely correct. It is a marginalized cult community, 100. Uh, percent Pride of Baghdad is back in print. Oh, cool! Through, uh, now it's a black label book, oh. so it's extreme, and you can see everybody's dick. Just <laughs> kidding, you can't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you can. Uh, if you want to be really, really, really depressed, you can read this. Um, <laughs> This was this was a book that was written by a brilliant writer who wanted to Brian K. Vaughn basically saw the war in Iraq going on. He saw millions of people being murdered and he said, "Well, nobody seems to give a shit about these human beings. What if I set this through the eyes of an animal that people would care about?" Huh. Uh, and then people went, oh, that's so sad. And it's yeah. like, "Here's one fucking group of lions." That is like suffering this shit, and there's hundreds of millions of people totally. who are going through the exact same thing. Ugh, ouch! But uh, yeah, it is a it's a bummer, and it's a beautiful book. And it is. Uh, Henry Schoen is the artist, I think. And if you've ever wanted to see a giraffe get its head blown off, uh. there's one really horrible fucking panel in this book Jeez. where a giraffe's head explodes. I'm not. I'm not so into it. No, that was that was. I've, I mean, it is literally burned into my fucking brain. Yeah, clearly. I know. It's like <laughs> you're remembering this from when it came out. Yeah, I haven't read this in t- ten years, fifteen years, whatever. Uh, anyway, punchline: the Gotham game. Uh. It's about punchline, who is apparently a character. Punch punchline is a character. <laughs> Quick stops. Number three. It's uh, Kevin Smith. Uh, Kevin Smith. Kevin motherfucking Smith. <laughs> I really was not going to do that. Uh, Riddler, year one, number two. Uh, apparently, this is great. Guys, I don't know. Like, I, I this, don't. This book is good. I, yeah, is is it? it I is. just I was at uh, I was at uh, another comic shop. It kind of pisses me um, off that it's good. Buying a uh, buying a manga, and uh, and I was like, oh, and the person re- selling me the. What's that? A magna. Um, a magna. Uh, yes. and, and the person selling it to me was like, oh, these mangas are great. And I was like, oh, yeah, I read about them for a reason X in there. And, and I was like, uh, you know, I normally read like regular comics. And they were like, well, you should read the Riddler Batman comic. And I was like, 
all right. <laughs> like, I just bought a zombie manga and a witch manga, but like, <laughs> I'll read the Riddler Batman comic. Sure, that yeah. sounds that's that's intriguing to me. But like, that it, was the person who thought that Zom One Hundred and Witch Hat Atelier were the Zom best. One hundred, pretty great. Yeah. Um, um, no, Riddler anyway. Year One, shocking. It's I mean, it's not written by a writer. You know, it's very strange. It's written by an actor. It's written yeah. by the guy that fucking played the Riddler. But and, it's, but, it's Paul, but that person is Paul Dano, who is not, uh, you know, nobody. No, he's not. Very intelligent person. And is yeah. in one of my more favorite modern movies that I've ever seen. Uh, Clueless. No. Um, I can't think of anything he's been in, honestly. <laughs> uh, he was in the movie where uh, Harry Potter is. I, I, this is like so bad. It was like, is, I love this movie, but like. The um, Weird Al Yankovic story? No, no, oh. the one where uh, where Daniel Radcliffe is the corpse. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, he, Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Jesus Christ, I can't yeah. believe I couldn't think of the name of it. But I love that movie. I it's love movie. that movie. I have that soundtrack. You know what else? If is you good? got that soundtrack on vinyl, I'd buy it. You know what else is good? What? Akimbo. I don't know what Akimbo is. Guns Akimbo, or whatever it's called. I know what Arms Akimbo means, yeah, but I don't, there's a movie called Akimbo. I think it's called Guns Akimbo, and I, it's uh, Daniel Radcliffe gets guns bolted to his hands. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I like Daniel Radcliffe. And is forced out into the world to uh, to do somebody's bidding and some sort of video chat feed. Right. It's pretty It's pretty fun. That's cool. Um, I, th- I think it's great because he basically was like, okay, well, I made the biggest movie of all time when I was 10, and so now I'll just do whatever I think sounds cool. Absolutely. And he's made a – like, Swiss Army Man is so – like, honestly, like, that was the first movie I watched with my wife <laughs> – I was like, I really want to see this movie. I need to see the farting corpse movie. I have to. I had like, I had to like, it looks so good. Like I saw the trailer for it and I was like, this looks like this is my kind of movie. And that (laughs) is absolutely like my kind of movie. And Paul Dano is the star. Hmm. Awesome. And he's fucking weird. (laughs) He's (laughs) fucked up. Uh, What about roadie number four? I didn't read it. I should have. It's the Tim Seeley one. Yeah, it was pretty good. Like, I mean, nice. I didn't read this issue, but I liked the I liked the, yeah, the earlier ones. ones were good. Uh, Rorschach trade paperback is out. That's the Tom King twelve issue. That rhymes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rorschach trade paperback. Trade Um, I will say that I kind of liked this series. I don't know. I fell off it after a few issues, but I enjoyed what I was reading. I just was too busy to keep up with it. Yeah, I know it doesn't. I my Tom King is hit or miss, and I have zero interest in following up with Watchmen characters Fair. after Watchmen, so I didn't read it. Yep, uh, Dead Boy Detectives number one. Did you read this? I did. I I like it. I liked the original series. I I, I like I have, it as well. It has the grossest ghost I've ever seen the, in my fucking life. I love life. the ghost. That's that such is a so crazy gross. Character. It is so gross. So I, gross. And I got it's. Oh. It's so funny because I saw that and the, and I was like, how have I never seen this before? Yeah, because it's like... Um, it blows my mind that no one has ever made this into a thing. I was like, that should... That, how is that not the first thing you think Is it think Co- of? Korean or Vietnamese or what was the, the ghost? I don't know. Because all those sort of, characters yeah, yeah. were... Yeah, I also I really liked the ghost that died in the nineties. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> looks like Winona Ryder from Beetlejuice, and it's just yep. like she died in the nineties. <laughs> it's like nice. Although I do resist that whole thing where like everybody in the nineties was like a cool goth. It's like sorry, no, everybody in a Tim Burton movie was, but like that's not how the nineties were. Uh, everybody I knew was a cool goth. Yeah, but you were part of a cool goth group. <laughs> It's weird. I knew a lot of cool goths. It's like everybody like listening to when it's like the eighties in a movie and it's like, they're all listening to the cure. It's like nobody fucking listened to the cure. There was like, I mean, some people did, but not very many people and certainly not enough people that like, you'd be walking down the street and hearing boys don't cry. It's like, it's not used to get beat up for liking that. Right. And I, I've got to, I got to say like movies like it, when they did that, when the cure came on in the bathroom, I was like, that's so awesome that they're, that the cure is playing. And then I was like, these kids would not fucking listen to the yeah, cure. Yeah, that's, Never I mean, literally, like, years, in these kids would not listen to the fucking cure. When I watch Stranger Things, it's just like, no fucking way. <laughs> like, no fucking way these people were listening to this shit. No way. Yeah. 
some podunk town in the no, middle no. of fucking Nebraska, people are like, I mean, maybe that's actually where okay. like, more likely that they would. But you like, know what? Yeah. I'm gonna I will stand up for that because that character reminds me a lot of my cousin, the music nerd. Reminds me of my cousin who was a music nerd, and he lived in the middle of nowhere. He lived in Skowhegan, Maine, mm. and in 1985 made me like five tapes, and it was uh, Meat Puppets. Fugazi, yeah. uh, you know, like early, early, the, amazing there, stuff. There is some truth to that, obviously, because like when I was, I mean, I wasn't in high school in the 80s. Oh, I mean, I guess technically I was in high school for one of the 80s. <laughs> one of the 80s. One of the 80s. But there were like, I could go to Ellsworth and buy Fishbone t-shirts. So right. it's not like it's like it was completely like. I could not. <laughs> yeah. However. Most people yeah. did not listen to that style or type of music. And it was when it's portrayed in fiction as being this ubiqu- ubiquitous yeah, thing yeah. that like the eighties equals like the coolest thing that came out of the eighties. It's like, <laughs> no, the eighties equals like Madonna. Right. Like, it's just like, it's like whatever the most popular thing, right, of course. And, and, and it's not the, the most coolest thing. And that's always the thing that I think of whenever, uh, like it has happened occasionally when someone will will be like, will mention something, and they'll be like, "Oh, you know Tam Graham," and I'm like, "I don't know what the fuck that is." And they're like, "Oh, it's like the coolest new pop singer, and she sold ten trillion whatevers." And I'm like, "Oh man, I am old and out of touch." And then I go, "Wait a minute, I hated all this shit when I was a kid. <laughs> the fuck am I talking about? I'm not out of touch. Yeah. I just don't like this garbage." But I and and I will say too, it doesn't bother me at all. When it's like total fictionalized realities, like when I watched Wednesday and she's yeah, listening yeah. to the Cramps, I'm like, or they played the Cramps at the fucking prom. Yeah, it yeah. didn't bother me in the slightest <laughs> because it's like this fictionalized cuckoo yeah, yeah. world, you know, of like course. where it's like, of course, that's what they listen to in this town. But I like, mean, of course, the the fucking place that's full of werewolves and vampires. Of course, they listen to the Cramps. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and exactly. Also, Wednesday was really good. It like, was really good. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I thought it was good. I would have said that they would have gone even further. I think that they'd be listening to like God Flesh at their prom. Oh man! And now that is one that we have not seen. We have not seen no. You, if it's ever industrial, it's Ministry. Yeah. Or Nine Inch Nails. That would be great. And nobody be ever great. listens to God Flesh. Listen to Street Sweeper in the middle of their yes. prom. Oh man, that would be so great. Ugh. Uh, street right. Sweeper, Street Cleaner. What the street sweet. Uh, street Cleaner. Street Cleaner. I always get that backwards. It's one of my favorite records by them, and I always yeah. get it backwards. Yeah. Bad I mean, Rich loved that fucking record so much. He still loves that record. <laughs> He's the one that forced me to listen to it, and now I'm addicted to it. So. Yeah. I still have uh, the tape, the cassette tape he made of that specific <laughs> album for me. He made me a double cassette mixtape of Godflesh and uh, Zenigiva. No, Carl made me Zenigiva. Anyway, we should talk about comics. <laughs> we should. But also, we should talk about awesome music, too, because, you know... I saw Zenigiva, and it was fucking awesome. <laughs> I saw him at Zoots. Oh, Zoots. There was, like, ten people at that fucking show. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. All right. Anyway, Star Wars Dr. Aphra, uh, Volume 5, The Spark Eternal. Mm-hmm. We've got Cuphead Show, Little Golden Book, it's adorable. I the didn't art, see that one. the art for this this fucking video game is so beautiful, and it translates into this very well. You know, nineteen thirties Warner Brothers cartoon yep. art. It's just beautiful. Cool. Uh, hey, what about Tales from Earth Six? Huh? What? <laughs> oh, did this not get put out on the shelf? We might have set it aside. Here's another thing this week, so I'll I'll have to pull that for you. Uh, a bunch of stuff, like they shipped us all of our DC books for the next three weeks because they were out of the office. So we had to figure out what was coming out this week. They're all mixed together in the boxes, oh, and wow. we didn't have a chart saying what came out what week. I'm just like, okay, I'll try and figure this shit. Out. Which is Earth Six? It's the Imagine. A world of DC created by Stan Lee. Oh, right. I did see that. That's called Earth 6 now. Remember how awful that was. They should call it Earth M. (laughs) They should call it Earth Sucks. They should call it Earth Stan. (laughs) They should call it, oh, maybe Kirby did all the fucking hard work. (laughs) Because if this was your idea for these DC characters, you might not be all the the fucking people thinking. Stan. 
give us a new cancer give us a new concept for batman okay he's gonna be different because he's gonna actually be a man who's also a bat okay well okay we we have that guy called man bat no i came up with it no but he's batman (laughs) he's batman in this okay well okay my green lantern she's a lady Okay. We've got that. Uh, <laughs> We've got bunch of this of those. Well, no, but this lady, uh, she actually has a lantern on a stick. Wait, that's the <laughs> that's he no, his green lantern. That's the that's the amalgam or that's the, that's uh, the tangent green tangent lantern. Tangent green lantern. Which is actually it? good. James Robinson came up with that one. J- I did that's a James like Robinson JH Williams 3. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, that series was great. The tangent ones were great. Fuck, I really Those did were like the actually like I mean it was weird because you could tell the people who had imagination who who didn't. Um Oh, there were some really bad ones. There were some bad ones, but and you know Allward what was, was re- part of a couple of the You bad know what ones. one was really good was Joker. I loved the tangent Joker. I don't think I read the tangent Joker. Uh it's like basically Harley Quinn, but it was before Harley Quinn existed. Oh, interesting. Um in in the tangent universe, Joker is a good guy. Huh. And she is it's it's actually it's weird now that I'm thinking about it. It's it. very similar yes. to Harley Quinn it's now that I think about it. It's super similar to Harley Quinn. But it's in the way that like Harley Quinn is actually more similar to it because it definitely yeah, came yeah. out first. Interesting. I think it did anyway. When did Yeah, it had to have. Yeah, no, uh, his Green Lantern was the ring. He was, he was just, yeah. he just had Green Lantern in him, I think. Sure, I yeah. I think that was him. I remember his Superman was like this authoritarian alien asshole. Yeah. His Batman was a bat. His Wonder Woman was basically just the same. I feel like uh, what if else? He, si- he must have signed a contract that said, you can't change anything I'm doing. And then he just half-assed everything. Yeah. Well, and I think that a lot of when those were coming out, a big deal of them was that they, like, the artists, they were, like, artistic collaborations. So, like, he had, like, Joe Kubert was one of them, and, like, I think he had Jim Lee on one of them, and he probably so. It's it's just like he was like, all right, here's the idea. You draw it up. Even at the time, like, I was, I remember picking those up at the time and being like, oh, these are unreadable. Like yeah. even back I then, when I read, them. I thought they were bad. When I read bad things back then, when I was like, "Ooh, Extreme X Men, I'll read that." <laughs> even when that was coming out, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, oh, oh <laughs> I don't need this." Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's like there's also this thing of like the, when they when like certain like nostalgic things that yeah. DC does, like just imagine, like just those two words, like. I'm just kind of like, eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But like, just like I wouldn't want to just imagine Stanley recreating the Marvel universe, let alone the no. DC universe. Like, it's not like, and also it's just too it's too late in the game. Like, if he were reimagining Superman in 1960, I'd be like, okay, sure. Like, but like he just isn't right. You know, with Jack Kirby. I mean, okay. what I would like to see is just imagine Stanley reimagining Robin Hood. Just imagine Stanley reimagines Beowulf. Yeah. Or just imagine he reinvents the Merchant of Venice. You know what? And just makes it a shitty just, superhero comic. I'd I be all about think that. He's just I don't know. I'm not I'm so I shouldn't shit on dead people or whatever. And he certainly obviously had like a huge hand and like oh, yeah, of course. iconic things. But at the end of the day, like I don't know. Like yeah. I, I anything I read that he wrote past like yeah. 1960 whatever 60 let's say 69 i didn't particularly care for yeah i like a lot of what he's done but so I, what is this tales from Earth? it's like new shit yeah. with those characters those, like they should do tangent again if they're gonna do new shit with yeah no characters. kidding i mean they will because but they're just establishing that this is one of the one of the new multiverses yeah, yeah. which they did with that recent one shot that yeah. uh mark wade did which i thought was pretty cool because I don't know if you saw that there was like a hint that there's going to be another Marvel DC amalgam. Yeah. Because they've talked about the secret crisis. Have you like oh, that's been mentioned a couple times? I hope so. I'd be down. Like I would absolutely be super would be down. Stoked. Those are super fun. Yeah. I would be really into that. Um, you know what I read recently? This is a fun comic trivia. What's that? Apparently it, it didn't go past like the planning stages, but apparently one of the ideas that was floated the last time Marvel and DC did a crossover was that they were going to actually trade characters and Martian Manhunter was going to go to Marvel and She-Hulk was going to go to DC. 
Huh. They were, but it it became too legally oh, complicated, and they were like, "We can't do this." Like the lawyers were like, "No fucking way," and they oh, like it kiboshed it. But like that was bad. supposed to be a thing where at the end of Amalgam, DC would own She Hulk oh, and Marvel no. would own Martian Manhunter, and the think the thinking was that the characters were too similar. Like they uh, like She Hulk too similar to Hulk, yeah, Martian yeah. Manhunter too similar to Superman. Yeah, so they yeah. were like, "We're not going to miss having these characters." Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, pretty fun, though. Interesting. Things I don't know. that could have happened. Weird. Okay, yeah. Anyway, uh, listen, we got Tarot Witch of the Black Rose for anybody that likes their comics with extra boobs. Yes. And if you like... Uh, there, She has three. She has... You know what? She's got three boobs worth. Um, we've got something that I have been, like, harping on people. Like, literally, I actually sent a message to the uh the guy that runs idw being like i don't know what the fuck your problem is buddy but you've got the rights to dungeons and dragons you need to be putting out these cartoons uh and it looks like finally people are getting their shiz together and they're actually working it and we have uh the little golden book of the dungeons and dragons cartoon from That's, the 80s this is my favorite of the ones you got this week i mean it is my favorite it's probably my favorite cartoon of all time. Uh, nice. I, I, d- I loved it when it was on. I never cared about Dungeons and Dragons, the actual thing, but this cartoon, I was huh. into I it. still don't. <laughs> yeah, and I Sorry. love this. Uh, and so I'm really happy that it looks like they're yeah. going to bring these characters back for something. Yeah, I think um, I actually, uh, you know, actually had a crush on one of the characters on this cartoon when I was a kid. Like, oh yeah, it was the unicorn, wasn't it? It was. No, yeah. it was the um, acrobat. Was it the acrobat? Yeah, I can't remember their names, but yeah, it was the acrobat. Yep, I thought she was dreamy. She's pretty dreamy. Um, we've got thus spoke Rohan Kishibi graphic novel volume two, a tie-in to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, Tim Drake Robin number four. Didn't that come out last week? Sure, why not? We've got uh, Usagi Yojimbo Origins, Volume 4, Lone Goat and Kid, trade paperback. Cool. We've got We Only Find Them When They're Dead, number 15. I think this might be the final issue of the series. Interesting. That would make sense. Uh, And we have Wonder Woman Historia, number 3. Number 3. Very pretty book that I find not very compelling. Mm. Like one of the prettiest books that I have no interest in reading. I didn't even pick it up. Yeah, it's very sad because they put so much work into it, and it's just like, it's just it's like a coffee table book. Well, right, and it's like I mean, some of these things are just like, if you want this, you want the collected edition. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it shouldn't be a. This is one that should never have been issues. Yeah. But they knew that there was extra money in selling it as issues. It should have been a hardcover. Period. Yep. But whatever. Uh, Young Justice targets number six. Final issue. And that is all. That is all. Yep, that's it. Tis. We went long somehow with because we talked about Zenigiva and yeah, yeah. Street Cleaner. <laughs> Oops. Uh, anyway, uh, follow us at I'm Actually Comics and buy things from CoCityComics.com. Uh, yes. Please, please do. And that's it. Yep. All right, and uh, we will see you next week. Good night, everybody. Bye.